Hi, this is Rini Primeza, the Jersey Dog Trainer, telling you to stay tuned to WNJC 1360 AM for Thursday in the Doghouse. Coming right up. Mama was a mutt. Daddy was one too. Me, I'm a little bit of everything. Everything that I use. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to this week's edition of Thursday in the Doghouse. The only live New Jersey radio show where you can find out everything you've ever wanted to know about dogs. I'm your host, Rini Primeza, the Jersey Dog Trainer. And I'm your host, Karen Fazio, the Dog Super Nanny. For the last couple of weeks, Karen and I have been talking to makers of pet foods who claim their foods are very helpful and nutritious. Feeding a good quality diet is of primary concern to trainers like Karen and me because food has a direct effect on behavior. It's very important to figure out if you're feeding your dogs the right ingredients to provide what they need to remain healthy and active. Raw food diets are touted by some to be the best because that's what wolves eat. Some pet parents state that they have their dogs on a home-cooked diet, feeding them things like cooked rice, chicken, and vegetables. But I think most pet parents feed their dogs commercial kibble purchased either in supermarkets or pet specialty stores simply because it's easier. Figuring out what diet is best for dogs can be a bit confusing if you're not researching ingredients, especially if your dog has food allergies or behavioral issues. Our guest today is Dr. Sally Foote, a veterinarian who owns her own practice, O'Call Veterinary Clinic in Tuscola, Illinois. Her practice is in general small animal medicine with special services in animal behavior. Dr. Foote has been practicing for over 20 years, but I read she actually grew up being afraid of dogs. She's going to tell us about her own adopted dog, Bella, who has some fear and reactivity issues. Dr. Foote will also tell us about the food she's currently feeding Bella, which is called Calm. I'm sure this interview will be interesting to anyone who has a fearful or reactive dog. Personally, I'm very interested in finding out how this new food is affecting Bella's behavior. We're going to be back in just a moment, but first my co-host Karen Fazio would like to let you know what services she offers in the Keyport, New Jersey area as a professional dog trainer who specializes in working with fearful dogs. Are you the owner of a fearful or aggressive dog and don't know where to turn? Have you called other trainers and they've turned you down because they don't want to deal with an aggression case? Then My Best Friend Dog Training and its special service, the Dog Super Nanny, is maybe just what you're looking for. We do in-home private consultations. We're located in Keyport, New Jersey, and we do travel. Our phone number is 732-533-9376, and our website is mybestfrienddogschool.com. We are positive-based trainers and don't use physical punishment or fear as a way to motivate your dog. We use games and fun as a way to do that, and we also help you during the whole process. So give us a call. We're here for you. 732-533-9376. Welcome back to Thursday in the Doghouse. We're going to talk now with Dr. Sally Foote, who is a veterinary behaviorist from um, uh, Tuscola, Illinois, and she has a dog named Bella, 
who is fearful and reactive to certain things. And um, Dr. Foote, can you tell us, number one, what breed is Bella? Um, and I know you got her as a 10-week-old puppy, but uh, how old is she now? Uh, she's about three years old now, three and a half years old now. Okay. And, um, you know, she she's a mixed-breed dog. Uh, when we adopted her, you know, looking at her, and it's kind of funny because... Uh, one of my clients has two of her litter mates. They, they you know, though at puppyhood, they all look very similar, like a Labrador-type mix, you right. know, black, short-haired dog. Right. The way the dogs have grown up, Bella is much smaller, and then my client's other two dogs are much bigger. And I actually did the wisdom panel mixed breed, you know, DNA genetic test on her just out of curiosity. And actually, she showed up to have a strong mix of the Labrador in her, but also Australian Shepherd and German Shepherd. And the way that she is so barky at things and mm-hmm. alerts to things, mm-hmm. and I think a little bit of some of the, you know, turning to barking and reactivity as her way of saying, hey, I don't know you, I'm kind of scared, stay away. Okay. You know, is coming from that Shepherd in her, because that's what Shepherds, you know, were really chosen for selection. To, to for her, well, to her, yeah. To right. everybody, hey, you know, there's <laughs> yeah. something coming near the sheep, go away. You right, know? exactly, that's true. <laughs> I, I actually <laughs> thought she might have border collie in her, but it, when you look on the Internet, it's really hard to determine sometimes. Absolutely right. She looks yeah. like a mini Labrador. Yeah, she does. doesn't act that much like a Labrador. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so when you, you first adopted her, she was 10 weeks old. What behaviors did you initially see from from her that kind of made you think, ah, we might have a problem here. Well, you know, she she and her litter mates were, you know, I'll use the word dumped at our local shelter. We, we're in a very small rural community in central Illinois, so our shelter is, is very basic for providing, you know, just care and that for the for the, just like housing care, let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. And um, so by law, she had to stay in the shelter for a week. My staff, our dog, one of our dogs had passed away. And so, of course, my staff was saying, oh, you guys have to go see the puppies and and that. And so my, my husband and daughter said, yeah, they'd like to get another dog. So, you know, we went out and saw her, and we had to wait the week for her to, you know, to be able to take her into our home. Right. And I think that week in the shelter was stressful for her. A lot of loud barking dogs. All of the puppies had to be, well, they had to be housed together actually with some other dogs because, I mean, I'm talking about a shelter that had, at that time, only about five runs for housing. At times, they might get up to 12 dogs. Mm -hmm. We're not not in a large, you know, wealthy area. So anyway, Bella was pretty, you know, inquisitive and friendly in that, but she, you know, like I remember her first bath, she about flipped out in the tub and... You know, it's a lot of new things. She was in the open period of puppies, as you know. Right. And until, you know, like 16 weeks of age. But anything mm-hmm. kind of new or novel was just like, whoa, what's that? Mm-hmm. And um, so by about the second week, I'm like, man, she's really kind of, she's really timid and fearful of men, of some loud noises. So I always walked her to work, took her to work. It was a little challenging because this was in January, and we had a really cold, harsh winter. So mm-hmm. it was... You know, if you took her out for a walk, you couldn't walk very far because you wouldn't want to break your leg. Right. And it wasn't like the time of year where, say, there'd be kids at the park, you know, and mm-hmm. lots of places that you could have a lot of people right. to immediately, you know, 
help get her socialized very mm-hmm. readily and very, very easily with. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just kind of like, okay, this is genetic. You know, mm-hmm. there's not been any major negative experience. She's getting a lot of rewarding and positive stuff with socializing. And, I mean, you could just about see it in her. So immediately I put her on the DAP collar, and that helped her out. And, um, you know, things have helped her along the way, but it's like, it's just kind of like how she's wired. Like I explained to a lot of my clients, you know, this is, this is, this is baseline with her. Mm-hmm. Now we can improve, you know, through environment and through experience for her, uh, how, how, how reactive she is, you know, and help her, uh, to learn more quickly. And, but that's going to kind of be her default, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm scared, I'm going to bark at something, or I'm going to duck away, or I don't want you to touch me, or, and, and that kind of thing. Well, you I know, have a you question, know. Um, Dr. Foote. Mm-hmm. Um, besides the DAP, did you give her any other um, natural remedies or put her on any behavioral medications? You know, I, I did try when actually my family was visiting. They live in Switzerland. And um, I thought, well, she might be nervous around them. I'll try Alprazolam, like one of the shorter-acting, you know, anti-anxiety medications. And uh, that really didn't do a lot for her, you know. It just really didn't help her to, like, seem more settled. The DAP was more effective and then like rewarding her um, and having like especially my brother-in-law is very tall you know and that right. and that would help her but the alprazolam didn't I did not put her on any um, any like reconcile the fluoxetine or clomipramine uh, because I just she was young and it seemed very like very situational it wasn't so generalized to everything and um, from my experience and a lot of things, just on when do we turn to medications, you know, a lot of times it's more generalized. And I just felt like I want to I give as much, like, time and effort with other remedies that are more um, kind of fundamental, mm-hmm. you know, to their health, be it mm-hmm. supplementation or things like that, uh, to see how much improvement we can get, plus even our own as a family's dedication to, you know, uh, getting her socialized and things like that. Dr. Foote, a lot of people who are listening may not understand what we're saying when we refer to DAP collars. Can you just give us a brief description of what that is? Sure. Uh, Well, DAP, which has now changed its name to Adaptil, Mm -hmm. (laughs) anyway, is a product by a company named Siva. It comes in a collar, which is available to your veterinarians only, or it comes in a spray, and as a spray in the plug-in, it's called Comfort Zone. But it has the uh, dog calming pheromone in the collar. So the collar is working like a nicotine patch. When the dog is wearing the collar, every day they're absorbing this dog calming pheromone. And the pheromone, when the dog inhales it, goes right to their brain to turn on the calming center in their brain. The same pheromone is the one that the mother dog produces around her breast to help her puppies settle down so they'll nurse. Mm-hmm. Even adult dogs still have the uh, ability to absorb this pheromone and get that calming benefit. We use it all the time in the veterinary office, uh, like in a spray to help dogs that are nervous and things like that. Good, good. I like to hear when vets are using these natural remedies because, uh, you know, I mean, they are available to trainers. They're available on the Internet. Um, I recommend them all the time, but I want to make sure that they're used correctly, um, you know, but but it's it's good to hear when a veterinarian um, chooses these products also. Yeah. Um, So... Uh, 
Dr. Foote, what kind of behavior modification uh, did you do with her? Like what exercises in particular? You know, primarily a lot of it was like, say, going out on her, her biggest triggers, you know, when she would be like barking and pulling at the leash and things like that would be seeing another dog on a leash, you know, like when she's on leash and seeing another dog, mm-hmm. uh, especially seeing men. So what we do is I carry kibble with us, and we'd be walking along and immediately get her attention and reward her, you know. And um, that sometimes we would also I would also uh, hand that to the person she didn't know and have them just toss it on the ground to her because sometimes she if and she's got where she will take it from an unknown person or an unknown stranger. Good. So it's pretty much you know positive reinforcement that way. The other thing was making sure she was getting enough aerobic outlet, uh, and that's why on my blog like I've blogged a lot about different things and say it in the dead of winter and that you know how we get out in the backyard with like five tennis balls for her to really run around and be able to chase with that mm-hmm. uh, so that she would have enough aerobic outlet and then when we go walking she'd be more you know calm down and more settled mm-hmm. and be able to get focused lastly what I also did last fall was uh, Dr. Sophia Yin has a way that she she has written what's called kind of the learn to earn program, you know, say please by sitting, which means that <clears throat> we, as you, everything you do through the house and you're moving through like the day with your dog, you are going to, you know, reward them for sitting or calm body language mm-hmm. and deferring to you. Mm-hmm. And this is to help her to get better focus mm-hmm. on me and, and our family members. So when she was out in the yard and she all of a sudden went zoom off and we've got her on, we don't have a fence in the yard, but we have like a long tether line so we can play, you know, ball with her in the backyard and stuff. She wants to like zoom off and chase down this cat, you know, or somebody riding by on a bicycle mm. that you can say, come, you know, or say, ah, and she'll turn around to look at you, you know, and come back to you. Good. And um, and re- positively reinforce that, whether we say throw the ball, because play is a big reinforcer in the backyard, or using, you know, the food kibble. But the foundation for her to say, oh, yes, you're wonderful, <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, comes from rather than feeding the food out of, say, her bowl, we still use the food puzzles with her, too, because she likes that a lot, and that's also good for her mental activity. Absolutely. Would be to have some of the food actually like in a treat bag or a cup, and when I'm sitting at the kitchen table and my husband is, She's laying down in her bed calmly, and then she gets kibble periodically for that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so, so when you do your behavior modification, I mean, how is she? How is she when strangers come into your home? Let's say you have a workman come in, or you have a, a gentleman who comes in who's a friend of the family. What is her reaction, and how do you get her to calm down? Her reaction is, you know, to go running at the door, bark, you know, wanting to jump at it. And so um, what we do is I have a drag line for her and, you know, we'll call her and actually have her. At this point now, you know, before you couldn't even get her focused. I mean, we would just have her, you know, toss the kibble in her crate, put her in the crate, okay, answer the door on that. Now at least we can, we may sometimes have her tethered, especially for a man, like tethered in the living room but has kibble and have toss it to her to stay in her spot, and then she'll settle down. I have a video I just did, and I loaded it up on my YouTube channel mm-hmm. showing, like, with a food puzzle, uh, I had her, I used the tether with my father coming in the home with his walker. My dad's about 89 years old, and mm-hmm. he has a large walker, and when my, he doesn't live with us. So when my dad will come over, you know, she's barking and, and gets upset about the walker, but now when she gets 
like her food puzzle, and I've got her tethered. And that's also for safety. I don't want any dog, you know, messing around with my dad while he's trying to walk in the house with right. a fucker, right? right. You, have, you have to have safety for everybody for different reasons. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that's how I positively reinforce Bella to learn. You just stay here. Be quiet. It's good for you. I'm going to, you know, greet this person, have them come in the home, and when I have everything settled, then I'll have you come off, and then you can say hi and, and that. Mm-hmm. And if you just, if it's happier for the dog, you know, and happier for us, but you just lay on your pillow and chew on your, you know, stuffed Kong, that's mm-hmm. fine. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think we have to have all of our pets go up and greet everybody in the home. Correct. I believe, I, I certainly agree uh, with I that. I agree with that, too. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think there's also that, does this dog need to know this person? You mm-hmm. know, if let's say it's the um, HVAC repair person, you know, coming over, or like utility people, which now they've got to wear their hard hats and their bright orange vests, et cetera, that look really weird to a dog. Right. If they do, you know. I might just say, I'm just going to put it in the crate, toss a little kibble, you're fine. You don't need to know this utility person. They might only come over in their house three times in 20 years, right? Yep, yep. And so you're safe. The, the utility person's happier. Mm-hmm. This is fine. You're not a bad dog. We don't have to make this dog be happy wagging their tail and, you know, wanting to be petted by everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, let's let's have it be where it's safe, it's controlled, and mm-hmm. it's acceptable. Yeah, that's, that's a very good point. I hope a lot of people pay attention to what you just said. I actually had a client uh, a couple years ago that was uh, aggressive. He was a resource guarder. He, was, he had issues upon issues. Mm-hmm. And she had an errand to run, and she had a painter in her house, and she just felt like, well, I'm just going to be a few minutes and I'll leave the dog out. Oh. And the dog wound up biting the painter. So, right. you know, anything can happen, especially if you're not there because especially like somebody like you, Dr. Foote, who is the main decision maker and your dog knows it. So if you were to leave your dog on your own, on her own, she's kind of like hanging out on a limb out there trying to figure out how to survive without you. And she's just going to be basing decisions on her own doggy instincts. Uh, You know, how do I survive now when my, my main person is not here to help me figure out what I'm supposed to be doing? And I think that a lot of I think that a lot of people feel like they're going to fail, but it's a failure That's to right. not succeed at everything. But mm-hmm. you know, you have to realize you have limitations, and so does your dog. Mm, that's you know, and, and you know, pick and choose those situations that you want to expose your dog to. Right, right. I mean, obviously, you want it to be friendly to your family. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I agree with you, Doctor. But it's not necessary for the dog to greet. Right. The repairman. Well, listen, girls, we have to take a short break so that I can tell everybody what I do here in South Jersey as a professional dog trainer. So we'll be back in just a moment. Is your dog always in the doghouse? Does he greet people by jumping all over them? Does she chew your shoes and steal your undies? Guess what? Your dog needs training. Hi, I'm Rini Primeza, the Jersey Dog Trainer, and I train dogs using only positive-based methods. My services include private training right in your own home. I also offer group puppy kindergarten classes starting at eight weeks of age and group classes for adolescent and adult dogs beginning at five months of age. All group classes are held at Dog Days Camp for Canines, 23 West Main Street, Marlton, New Jersey. For more information, please contact me at 609-280-9338 or on the web at www.jerseydogtrainer.com. Again, that's 609-280-9338 
We're on the web at www.jerseydogtrainer.com. the dog super nanny and i'm here with my co-host reading permesa and we're speaking with dr sally foot um who's a veterinarian behaviorist and owns her own practice in illinois uh and we've been discussing um behavioral issues fearful behavioral issues of a dog bella um dr foot um what kind of what kind of diet uh was bella on during her puppy 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 Puppyhood. Say that three times too fast. She was on um, a science diet puppy formula, you know, and a good diet. She'd been maintained with, uh, you know, regular warming, heartworm prevention, and had no intestinal GI issues or anything like that. And um, I, more information was coming out to the veterinary, uh, whatever, the veterinary field about uh, use of things like theanine um, for de- decreasing, like, you know, de- de- cases or whatever, actual studies of using theanine and, and, you know, say fear of unknown people and things like that. And what's and that? Some of the other what, what is that? Can you explain that to our audience what that is? Theanine is an amino acid that is like a building block, a precursor that is in, it can be present in the food, but, you know, you when given extra, it is increasing the like building block for your liver then to convert it to the base chemicals that then go to your brain and your brain makes it into uh, serotonin or GABA some of these other brain chemicals that are important for the more what we call inhibitory or calming mm-hmm. brain functions okay so it's an it's one of the amino acids tryptophan is another amino acid mm-hmm. um, in that so uh, you know, they read about that, and Bella was improving with a lot of her things, but still, like, zero to 60 in the backyard, you know, if a bicycle goes by, you know, or, like, bark, 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 bark at certain dogs, and it's like, man, this is really irritating and driving us crazy. So um, that's when she was probably about a year and a half old. I thought, I'm going to try her on some of the theanine supplementation and see how that works for her. And um, so I did, and it was helping to improve her and that. But I also found in myself that, you know, I, as good as I would be, sometimes I'd be like, ah, she's like people do. Oh, it's getting better. So you forget to get the bottle of pills when you, you know, use it up and it's done. Or as it's improving, you're like, well, maybe we don't need it now. And so you kind of wean off of it mm-hmm. and that. So, um, you know, then, and that was pretty recently here, I think I may have seen it in one of my veterinary journals, um, a notice about the Royal Canaan Dog Food Company that they had come out with a line called Calm, C-A-L-M, like calming down, right. <laughs> for both dogs and cats. And so uh, my, I had my technician, I said, find out about this stuff. You know, it was just kind of a blurb in one of the journals, didn't have a lot of explanation. So the, you know, food representative came to our office and gave us like a little, you know, educational forum on it. And so... I started to stock it and decided I'm going to try this out on my own dog. Even though my dog is over the recommended weight limit for it, because mm-hmm. I couldn't get a clear answer from uh, the drug representative, why is there the weight limit on it? You know, I decided, you know, I'm going to just try it out and see. You know, What's I'm like limit? thinking of myself like a client here. I am not always good at giving the medication, or say if I go out of town, the family member may forget. Food is a real simple solution. You know, so how effective is it really? 
Uh, what, what weight limit is it? What do you mean by well, weight limit? Up to 33 pounds is what the dog calm diet is recommended for dogs up to 33 pounds. And um, now my dog, Bella, she is like about 38, 39 pounds. So she's over it, but she's not way over the limit on it. Mm -hmm. And um, what I found out um, actually from Dr. Gary Landsberg had explained this to me through the uh, kind of like bulletin board for vets from the American Vet Society of Animal Behavior was that it's the, there's a milk calming colostrum, there's like a colostrum complex protein in the diet along with the tryptophan. And the amount of that milk protein in the food has to be at a, should be at a certain level to see the benefit. And as a dog gets bigger, they don't eat that much more food, so the dosage of that in the food would be decreasing below what would typically be an effective dosing level of that, you know, milk calming product. And so, you know, but he's, he just like said, well, you know, that's the explanation for why there's a weight limit. See how it works. And so, uh, you know, I've had my dog Bella on it now probably about seven weeks. And uh, she is, she has improved tremendously. In what way? What are you seeing? Less reactivity in the backyard? Uh, yeah, less reactivity in the backyard and the, and the ability to focus on you. The ability to turn around and be like, oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. And then you can reward. Then she'll come when she's called. Um, the frequency and intensity. Frequency and intensity of, like, you know, lunging at the end of the leash, barking intensely. And now you're really refining to fewer triggers. Okay, right. so the things that set them off. You're going to see fewer of it, mm -hmm. and you're going to be able then. It's like they, when, when they're really anxious or just really ramping up, and they just really rise up quickly and reacting, right, as I call it, going bonkers. Mm -hmm. You know, when they just suddenly zoom up like bark, 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 and lunging at the leash, their brain is literally shut off from being able to think. Right. They yeah, can't sure. problem solve. No. They can't it, go, oh, yeah, huh, you there? Oh, turn around. Yes, I'm a good dog for turning around. I'm supposed to leave this alone. They can't think of that. Mm -hmm. Okay. No, they can't. Ha so have you the, used this, have you recommended this food to any of your clients and if they've yes. seen improvement in it, on it? Yes, I have. I've got a couple of clients on it and they are and they're seeing improvement on it. And I would say this, the, the comment's always the same, which is, wow, now I can see that he can focus. He can wow. pay attention to me. Now I can get him to come when I call him. So it's the it's facilitating learning. Just like we say with all drugs and all meds, they're facilitating learning. Correct, right. And so it's the it's the tool you're using to enable mm -hmm. that behavior modification plan, that training mm -hmm. work. I have a question. Um, suppose a dog is already uh, on a behavior drug. Suppose he's on Reconcile or something like that. Mm -hmm. Would you still recommend this food or would you say you have to use one or the other? Um, many of the, like the food or the, say even if we're doing, you know, say the supplementation with, say, theanine or tryptophan, that can be combined with the Reconcile, the Clomacom, and these drugs. Okay. And so it will, it may actually, it may help improve how those drugs are working because this, what's supplemented in this food is going to increase serotonin as well as what's called GABA, mm -hmm. ABA. Mm -hmm. And the GABA is a very important brain chemical for that higher learning. Okay. And so what, what may happen then with the help of the food is that we can decrease the other drug possibly or we're just going to get much better benefit from both. And then as we've got, you know, the 
behavior's improving and they're getting more grounded in that, you know, much more learned thoroughly mm-hmm. on that, mm-hmm. then we can experiment with, say, if we want to wean down the drug and stay with this food before we change anything over with food. I see. Dr. That's Foot, Dr. Foot, is this food available in, like, uh, pet specialty stores, or is it something that you have to get exclusively through your veterinarian's office? It's a veterinary exclusive, so you're going to have to get this through your veterinarian. Um, it's very, very new, and so I'm really glad you guys called me about doing this show because a lot of veterinarians are not aware of it yet. Um, but I just think this food has a lot of applications for helping pets. I could see, I would recommend this for like dogs who have severe thunderstorm phobia or fears of thunderstorm and loud noises, mm-hmm. you know, to, to eat this during a season possibly. Uh, for one of their recommendations was, well, dogs get anxious and nervous about boarding. If, if within two weeks, typically the dogs um, are showing improvement with the diet. So you could start this like a week or two. Let's say if you're going to have to board your dog, you're going on a long vacation, you know like a week or two ahead of time, or if you know you're going to have, say, family over in the summer. Um, but also, too, with dogs that I've, I've got other dogs that are, like, very reactive in the home or, uh, you know, leash aggression cases that we've been starting the dogs on, and it's been, a, it's been helping them to improve. And these were dogs where we have not put them on other drugs as well. I have a, I have a so question I for you. Many clients, this is a starting point that they're willing to accept, mm-hmm. you know, for some kind of medical, nutritional uh, help to help the body function better. Dr. Foote, the ingredients that is in, we have very little time, unfortunately, the ingredients that is in this food, is there anything that a dog that has food allergies might react to? Well, yeah, they they could. I mean, the um, primary, you know, with food allergy, it's going to depend on what is their what is their trigger for the food allergy? So this is one that the leading ingredients are brewer's rice, chicken meal, corn. I'm reading off the label right here. So let's just say if your dog has a corn allergy, yeah, this would not be good. Yeah. Um, and or if they have a chicken allergy. Mm-hmm. So yeah, with some of the dogs that are have food allergy, right. we may not be able to go to this diet. That's okay. That we could go to a direct supplementation, mm-hmm. say, of a tryptophan, more calming complex product. Okay. Um, so it. But if we don't have food allergy, this can be a very convenient way of helping, you know, a dog. This has been a great discussion. Thank you so much for coming on and telling us about Bella. Um, I hope that you'll be willing to come on at other times and we can talk about other veterinary issues. And we also want an update on Bella as time goes on. So thank you very, very much for visiting with us today. And uh, I want to thank our listeners for uh, listening to Thursday in the Doghouse right here on WNJC, 1360 AM. And next week, right here at the same time, we'll be talking to the president of the Board of Directors of the Animal Orphanage Shelter uh, here in Voorhees, New Jersey. So I hope you uh, tune in again next week. And have a great week, everybody. Stay cool. Great Bye. Bye. I'm glad you're home.